So today we're starting a new series. We, we thankfully for a lot of people finished the, mar- the marriage series. Um, I, I hope though that in the midst of the marriage series that you found something that you can apply in your own relationships because to be honest, most of those things apply in all our relationships, regardless if we're married or not. But today we're gonna start a new series and it's simply titled, Called. And I think that statement, that that one word carries so many different nuances in, in the church, right? I feel called to do this. I was called in this way. And I'm living my calling. So really what we're talking about today and trying to unpack is what does it mean for us to be called by God. And I think we struggle with this because God created us to be something significant. We are created for significance. We're created for God's purpose. And for most of us, we're trying to figure out if I was made for a purpose, then it hopefully is going to be a big purpose. Because some of us, whether we say it out loud or not, we go, you know what? I'm kind of a big deal, right? I'm a difference maker, right? And, and, and when you're a little kid, you're not dreaming about doing something mundane. Because every time that you watch some movie where there was a superhero, who did you become? You became the hero. Every time you saw an underdog win, you became the underdog that won because you knew inside your own heart, inside what, what you were experiencing in life, that there was something greater than what you currently had been experienced. Because we all know that there are big things. There are things that matter. And to be honest, most of us just want to be a part of something that matters. But when we talk about calling and somebody says, hey, what's your calling in life? You'll go, I have no idea. So we're going to ask the question today, are you called by God? Are you called by God? And and then you go, called to what? What is it that I would be called to? Are we talking about a job? Are we talking about uh, an event? Are we talking about uh, 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 an exotic vacation? I think I feel a calling to an exotic vacation. (laughs) So where do you start in understanding what your calling is? And what I want to do from the very beginning is just jump to a verse from the Apostle Paul. And this verse may encourage or discourage you, I'm not sure, but Paul was writing from a Roman prison. Just put that in your mind. Paul's writing from a Roman prison when he pins these words around 61 AD. And they're found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. This is Paul. He says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Paul tells you straight up that you have been called by God. Does that resonate with you? 
Is that something that you're like, yeah, I, I know that I've been called by God. Did you know that you are created for a purpose, for a reason, that your life is not an accident? That your plans are not incidental. They're not inconsequential. You were created for a purpose, but let me ask you, have you tried to pursue that purpose? Or have you said, you know, if God ever calls me up to the bigs, I'll try to be ready. We all have a purpose and a divine destiny. So no matter no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you, are, you earn, no matter what kind of handbag you carry, no matter what kind of car you drive, no matter the size of your house, every person has a calling. And every person, no matter of what you have or you don't have, longs for success. I can't imagine anyone in this room says, you know what, I hope that when I get to the end of this week that I've significantly failed, that it is such a dumpster fire that no one can save me from it right? There's not one person in here that says, I want everything to turn out wrong and I want my life to be mediocre at best. Everyone says, I want to have significance, but to tell you the truth, I don't know how to find it. I don't know what to do with it. And I don't know if God even cares about what's going on in my life, because if he did, then fill in the blank, right? And we're like, if God is calling me, He's gonna have to use bigger letters. So let's pray as we get into this message. Heavenly Father, God, we ask in this moment that you open our ears, that you clear our minds, and Father, that you help our hearts to receive what you have given us as your word for today. Father, help us to settle, to understand, to know what does it mean to be called by you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here's what I do know. We live in a world that is full of brand makers, right? You have this opportunity like no one else before you to create a brand, to create this, this image that everyone sees but nobody knows the real you. It comes out on social media. You can manicure a Facebook page. You can manicure an Instagram post. You can manicure a YouTube feed. In fact, you can, you can become famous for opening boxes make hundreds of thousands of dollars for opening boxes and just videotaping yourself while you're doing it. You can create a world that doesn't exist outside of your mind for everyone else to see because you have created an image for yourself that is completely a sham. We have the ability to make our own brand. In fact, we, uh, there are so many people that are developing their own brand. This is my signature style. This is the way that I look. This is the way that I talk. And when I stand, I stand just so. And we create this brand. Or we say, you know what? Life is all about the hustle. 
There's no rest for the weary. It's all about doing the next thing, getting the next thing done. And so how many marketing scams have you signed up for? How many multi-level things have you said, you know, this is going to be the one that I'm finally going to make all the money in? I signed up for one once. I'm not rich. In fact, I abandoned it because I wasn't made to do that. We have so many people that are trying to make a name for themselves, trying to become influencers, trying to to be something more than what they feel they are right now. So what I want to do in the rest of the time that we're here together is to reclaim, reclaim the language of calling. What does it mean to be called? So we're going to look at the root of the word calling in the New Testament. And it's a pretty significant word in the New Testament. It's the root of about 16 different words. So the first one we're going to look at is just simply kaleo. Kaleo means to call. Kaleo is, is the root of so many different uh, w- Greek words. And this one just simply means to call. To call out, to call to, to to beckon, right? There's a call. The next one is klesis, and it means calling. That's not like, hey, I'm calling you. That is actually a calling. I'm calling you to join in. And then there's kletos, which means called. And then there's paraclete, which means comforter. So, It's the act of comforting someone else. It's the act of being engaged in in being the arms and the the compassion for somebody. Then there's parakletos, which is the Holy Spirit. It's an advocate. It's an intercessor. We have this one that that intercedes for us, the parakletos, right? And that's, as we read that scripture, that's what that word is, and it's the Holy Spirit. And then we have the ecclesia, which is we're the ecclesia, the called out ones. The assembly of believers, the church, we are the ones who God has called out. So are you called by God? And you're asking that question because you feel like this is a really big deal. This calling thing, uh, are, you, are you called by God? And, and, and how do I figure this out? Because I'll tell you what, what if I missed it? How many of you are afraid that you have missed your calling in life? Yeah, and thank you for your honesty. We have this fear that we have somehow missed out on the thing, that one thing that God wanted us to do. Maybe you were standing at a bus stop and you looked right when you should have looked left and then you didn't get a wife. I don't know what it was, right? (laughs) Maybe you have the wrong major. Maybe you feel like you've been stuck in the wrong career. Maybe you just got in the wrong line at HEB and you've questioned every life decision since then. (laughs) And you say, what is it that I'm supposed to do? Maybe you're thinking, you know, who is it that I'm supposed to be with? I thought it was that cute girl that I saw the other day, but nope, I hesitated. Now she's married to to a doctor, you know? So here's a very bottom line question. Is calling all about doing? If so, then the question is, what am I called 
to do. Because whatever I'm called to do, I know it's going to be big. I know it's going to be important. I know it's going to be some next level stuff. Okay? God's not going to call me for these piddly things. God's going to call me for the big stuff, right? Yeah, you need somebody to save the day, that's me, right? You need somebody to handle tons of cash, I'm your guy, right? Whatever it is, it has to be important. But here's what I want you to know. Calling is about who you are ever before it's what you do. Your calling in life is about who you are way before it is ever what you do. Who before do. So Paul wrote to Timothy. He wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy, and here's what he told him. Uh, uh, Chapter 1, verse 9, he says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. God saved us and called us. He called us to be things like missionaries, uh, to, to serve in remote places, to bring the gospel to people that have never heard it to be a missionary in our own hometowns where we go and tell people about the goodness and the grace and the mercy of Jesus until he returns. He called us to be teachers, to bring people in, to know how to live a good and positive life. He's called us to be lawyers. And you're like, huh? Yeah, God's called us to be lawyers. He might call us to be things like pro gamers. Who knows? But God has a calling for each one of us. God called us, but he saved us first. He called us to live a holy life. And he did this not because we deserved it, Paul tells Timothy, but because that was his very plan from the beginning. From the very beginning of time. Okay, let's just pause on that for a second. In all of God's thoughtfulness, in all of God's intentionality, in all of God's plan, Paul is telling you that God called you to a life before time ever began. And and here we are, waiting for time to actually begin. Do you feel that tension? Do you feel that there may be something more? To show us, Paul says, his grace through Christ Jesus. Calling is about who you are becoming and about what you're doing. God calls you. What we learn from Paul is that God calls you to be set apart. God calls you to be something other than what this world expects you to be. God calls you to be holy. He calls you to be, to be other. This is the general calling of every single Christian. God has called you to be set apart, to be different, to become like Christ. Your very first part of calling is to become who God has created you to be. And that is to be transformed into the image, into the likeness of his son. Your calling is evident 
when you become like Christ. And it's in that moment that if I were sitting across the table from you drinking coffee or your favorite um, non-alcoholic beverage, because you know that's how I roll, um, when I'm counseling, right? Your calling is way more important than maybe you've given it credit to. Your calling is actually contingent on how you are being transformed into the likeness of Christ. You say, I don't feel God's calling. You say, are you living in a way that transforms you into the likeness of his son? Your do, what do I do, will become clear when you understand who you are and who you're becoming. That's the very first line. That's the very beginning of understanding your calling. Because you are called to live a holy life. You're called to live a holy life. For me, I'm called to live a holy life well before I do the thing that God has called me to do, which is to be a pastor. I'm called to holiness before I'm ever called to be in front of you giving you a message. I'm called to holiness every morning when I wake up. I'm called to holiness every day when I go into the office. I'm called to holiness before every phone call, before every meeting, before every interaction. God calls me to holiness to be transformed into the likeness of his son. That's where it starts. That's where it begins. And you're like, wait, that's calling. I don't know if I can do it. And I think the bottom line in all of this is you can't live your calling if you reject the work of God in your life. But he gives you grace. He gives you help. He gives you everything that you need to live a life of godliness. Not perfection, not outside of having a bad day. God didn't create you sinless. His son makes you that way. Our job is to live faithfully for Jesus. Faithfulness for Jesus. Just because you're good at something, just because you have a natural talent, just because you have a mind for something, does not mean that you're called to do it. Listen, if I could, if I could plan the greatest bank heist of history, right? Just because I could doesn't mean I should, right? Your calling doesn't equal your talent. Calling is about God's transformation in your life. It's about what God does on the inside, how God takes who you are. God takes every bit of you, your, your sinfulness, your tendency to be selfish, every bit of you and says, I've called you for something greater than that, so listen to me and be transformed. Calling isn't about talent. It's about transformation. You can be good at a task, but you could be spiritually bankrupt 
while you do it. You could be the best at managing whatever, but lack spiritual health. Fullness in your life. Fullness in your calling is all about becoming well before doing. Calling isn't about something important in the future. It's about faithfulness to Jesus today. Now, often in the church, we talk about calling in terms of ministry. Oftentimes, that's the only time that you really hear about the word calling when it's in terms of ministry. Ministry as a calling is much more than what we're talking about right now, and it's different. There's some, a few things that are so much more well-defined and so different and so nuanced when it comes to calling to ministry. And my advice to anyone that says, you know what, I think God might be calling me to ministry. God might be calling me to work in the church or to be a missionary or to do some great work for him. My very first bit of advice after praying for them is saying this. If you, if you can do anything else, go do that. If you can go do anything else and God will allow you to do something else, then go do that. But if God won't let you do anything else, then he's calling you to do that. See, the general call in our lives is about being in the doing. Because I'll, I'll be the very first to tell you, ministry, even though it looks glorious, it's a hard life. Ministry is a hard road. You want some evidence? Look at Moses. Look at the life of Moses in the Old Testament. You think that dude had it easy? No. No, he had to deal with knuckleheads. He had to do all kinds of things. And, and in the end, when he got angry, he missed out on the promise, right? <laughs> Look at the life of Jesus. Was his ministry easy? I read that book. It turns out it didn't end well for him, but he got the last laugh anyway, right? Paul, the dude just wrote us something that we're reading 2,000 year, years later. He wrote it while he was in chains and in prison. But see, here's the thing. Regardless of ministry, all of God's people are called to do. All of God's people are called to be transformed in the doing. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. In chapter 3, verse 17, here's what he said. And whatever you do, no matter what it is that you're doing, in word or in deed, do everything, do absolutely everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you are a Christian, 
and you read that verse, and your doing is not within the church world, and your doing's not within the church nonprofit, but your doing is in the marketplace. Your doing is in the muck and the mire. Your doing is out with so many different people. Let me ask you a question. Have you been so engaged in your relationship with Christ that your word and your deed and your doing is in the name of the Lord Jesus? If you can't answer that with a yes, then I will tell you, be the first to tell you that you're living outside your calling. Those are hard words, and I understand that. But the very moment that we wrestle to the ground, that our responsibility as people who are called according to God's purpose is to be the representation of his son until he returns. That's not just reserved for somebody that stands on a stage in front of you in a church. It's not just reserved for somebody that leads you in a Bible study or in a small group. That is the general calling of everyone who is called son or daughter by the Lord Most High. Your job is to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And not only to do everything in his name, to be, thank God that you get to do it. Oh, but you don't know. Oh, you don't know the phone calls I get. You don't know the traffic I drive in. You don't know how he said or she said or they did or whatever. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Being grateful to God the Father through Jesus Christ. So there's an account in, uh, in Mark, and it's also in the other Gospels. But, but uh, Mark in chapter 10, it's an account of, of John and James. Now, we've talked about this before, but John and James, they were with, uh, with Jesus, and they said, hey, Jesus, I, I, need, I need to ask you something. I, in fact, we just need to ask you something, because we're, we're thinking about this thing, and, and it seems like what you're doing is kind of a big deal. What you're doing, how you're interacting with people, and, and, and there's so much of this, of this just energy going on. We got a question for you. So, Jesus, um, when you've established your kingdom. Can we sit at your right and at your left? I mean, it's just a small favor, but can we be like co-rulers with you? Can we be important? So when you're on your throne, can you do that for us? And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. And later on, he, he definitely describes to them, hey, if you want to be a leader, if you want people to follow you, then you need to be a servant. Do you want to be first in the kingdom? Then be last. Because Jesus was telling them, it's about who before do. And in Mark chapter 11, Jesus and the disciples, they're, they're approaching Jerusalem. And this is, this is right as, as we're going into the Passover season and, and Jesus is, is there and they're about to make their way into Jerusalem. And this is right before what we call the triumphal entry. 
and the disciples, the energy is much more pronounced and people are seeing all kinds of things. There's a buzz, there's, hundreds, there's thousands of people all in the area. The disciples are looking, hey, this is going to be a big moment. So Mark chapter 11, verse one, it says this, and Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem and they came to the town of Bethpage in Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us who they are, but if I were Jesus, I would reserve this opportunity for James and John. Because it's important. Important to them, though, in that moment was calling down fire. Important to them was being these leaders as all of those around became subject to the rule of Jesus, casting down fire, casting out demons, winning against our enemies. James and John were asking for that, but here we go. Two disciples go on ahead and go, he says, into the village over there, he told them. And as soon as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. They're like, cool. So this is where we go. We're, we're going to find the place that we're about to really do something big because there's going to be a donkey there. That's how we're going to know where, that we're there. He continues, untie it and bring it here. Oh. And if anyone happens to ask you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it and he'll return it soon. So instead of this huge moment... They're thinking, okay, hold on. Let me get this straight. There's so much energy going on. There's so many things happening. This is going to be our big day. You're going to send us into town. Sounds really good. We're going to go into town. We're going to be like the scouts. But instead, we, you know we've left everything, right? You, you, you know that we've been following you and, and doing that. You know, you, you know that there's been sacrifice here. But instead, <laughs> instead you sent us out for a donkey? Where's the fame in that? Where's the glory in that? Called to donkey delivery? But the disciples were about to learn something that we need to learn too. The size of your assignment never determines its significance or your impact. Think about it. Through the pages of scripture, there was a small shepherd boy in a stone and it took down a giant. There's a small child in a small lunch and it fed 5,000 people. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing for the Lord in his name, it's important. Even if it's donkey delivery. What they didn't know was this donkey delivery actually fulfilled scripture. Zechariah 9.9, the king of righteousness, will come in victorious, humble, and riding the foal of a donkey. They didn't know how important that was. That the disciples had delivered the donkey that carried Jesus to his calling. So do you want to find your calling? Be faithful. Be faithful to Jesus. You want to find your calling? 
Be faithful. And when God gives you a task, when God gives you something to do, obey. Do the next right thing. Continue doing what God told you to do until God tells you to do something different. And do it for the glory of God, even if it feels like donkey delivery. Be a good friend to someone who needs one. Do something without seeking credit. Give thanks in the middle of a trial. Be who God called you to be. Be faithful in all that you do. Be more concerned with who you are, with who you are becoming, than you are about what you're doing. And do it all for the glory of God. Because we're not called to be important. We're called to be faithful. We're called to do the right thing for the right reason. Regardless of what others say or what the world tells you, you're called to be faithful. So I'm going to leave you with the words of Paul. Therefore, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Now, I don't know if everyone in this room knows Jesus, but if you don't know Jesus, you are missing the key to your calling in life. So start there. You can give your life to Jesus today because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, those things that we do that separate us from God, those things that we do that keep us from living a a life the way that God intended. We all have sin, and that sin separates us from God. It keeps us out of relationship with God. But God sent his son in the fullness of time, Jesus, to be the perfect sacrifice for our sin because sin requires death. It requires the shedding of blood. And Jesus came, and his blood was shed for us. His body was broken for us. And he died for our sin. Scripture says he was buried, was in the tomb for three days, and then rose again and was seen. Jesus defeated death. And it's in that promise of resurrection that we have our hope, that we have our power, that we have the ability to live through Christ, our calling. So if you don't know Jesus, it's hard to live your calling. So start there. Give your life to him. Let's pray.